What? An unknown? Why now of all times? A mobile suit? Incredible. I didn't know they had another new model. That's not theirs. What is with that light? Enact. Can you hear me, Enact? Communications are out. Everyone, we've been advised to evacuate. It's not an AEU machine? Well, whose is it? All right, who the hell are you? From the Union? Human Reform League? Well, either way, you're a party crasher and you weren't invited. And now you're gonna pay the price! Gundam Seed and finish Gundam Seed Dead Story. It is given Gundam Devil O a try. My name is Jeremy. I'm a Mike Meister. I'm Tyler. My name is Zach. And I got kidnapped. My name is Kevin. Yeah, I Welcome. made Kevin join us. Kevin is my co-host on Jumpstart Weekly, which you can check out on our website, www.lastpodcast.com. We talk about manga. Yep. Where'd you get the zip ties? Zach, you know nothing about my sex life. Also, you can buy a pin of them at Home Depot for surprisingly cheap. <laughs> so- <laughs> I invited Kevin to join us for the first two episodes of Gundam 00 for a couple of reasons, primarily because you've probably heard Kevin on What's a Gundam, our podcast that I invented for a problem that I solved by editing this podcast myself. (laughs) (laughs) But if you are a Patreon listener, you can check out What's a Gundam every other week, where Kevin and I talk about Gundam Wing. Mm -hmm. I barely remember Gundam Wing from my childhood, by barely, I mean pretty well, actually. And Kevin has (laughs) never seen it before. Yep. Those boys are dumb. Yes. But heavy arms. Yeah, heavy arms. <laughs> they keep falling off a, all the time. That's such a dumb design, and I love it. The reason I asked Kevin to be on was kind of because of our relation with Gundam Wing. Because as I kind of talked about this last week on our recap episode, Gundam Double O and Gundam Wing draw a lot of comparisons. And I wanted to kind of bring you on for your perspective on that, Gundam Wing being the only Gundam series you have seen. Mm-hmm. In some ways, it's bad to bring you on because you don't, like, this is just Gundam to you in a lot of ways, probably, as opposed to, you probably think all of the main characters are just broody people with no personality. I haven't been shown otherwise. Have you seen this man? (laughs) (laughs) Look, there are many counterexamples, but I I ain't shown him to you. Um, (laughs) I feel like this is more of a explain the difference between these two pictures, so these are the exact same. (laughs) No, one of them has wings. One of them has a sword. Yeah, exactly the same. There isn't any difference. Before we get into it, though, there was some Gundam news, and normally this is not a news podcast and I don't care about it, but they announced it literally one hour after we recorded our recap episode, which would have been the perfect time to talk about it. So I want to talk about it out of spite. (laughs) (laughs) They canceled the Gundam Seed movie again. No, they announced technically three new Gundam anime. Oh, yeah, I remember seeing that. Google was like, hey, do you want to read about some Gundam stuff? I'm like... 
Now I do that for work. <laughs> I think I can see that. I don't remember what any of it said, but I think I remember seeing it. One is a series of IBO compilation movies that's getting a bunch of new animation so they can throw it in a mobile phone game. So yeah, I don't like IBO, but if that's your thing, that could be cool. It's getting nine compilation movies. Which, Holy crap. <laughs> I, I don't know if that's a good compilation or a bad one. <laughs> you got more room to breathe. The second thing they announced was a movie, Mobile Suit Gundam, Doran Cusco and Island, I want to say. That is the name of the episode of Gundam that they are so ashamed of they won't let out of Japan. <laughs> I see you're saving the best oh, piece of news for last. Obviously, Tyler. <laughs> obviously, I am. They also announced a brand new Gundam series proper that will be airing in, in 2022. But wait, yeah. there's more. <laughs> Literally, all they announced is the name. <laughs> so Mobile cool. Suit Gundam, the Witch from Mercury. <laughs> Otherwise known as G-Witch. Yes. <laughs> Which is a rad name. I'll I, give it that. Everybody's ready to be disappointed because everyone's like, oh man, I bet it's going to be the first female Gundam protagonist. I'm like, well, you better be ready to be disappointed then. That is way too cool for Bandai. Zach, you seem defeated by this news. <laughs> no, I just had, like you said that, and my immediate thought was a Gundam that looks like Sailor Mercury, which I mean, is canonically one of the designs from Sweden in G Gundam. Yes, I was going to say, we already have that. Why do but I just had that with the uh, Sailor Scouts as pilots, and I don't know why. It's probably because it would so be rad. Tired. That's why. Be I'm just imagining Mars being like, I'll kill you. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so with all that out of the way, Gundam 00. Here we are, whether we want to be or not. Some of us do, actually. Some of us are very excited to be starting mm. Gundam 00. I can't I've actually been looking forward to Double Lot for a while now. Uh, yeah, I want to give some background on this in the way I did with Gundam Seed, but one of the things, and I've been saying this for a while, is I don't know Gundam Double O nearly as well as Gundam Seed. Tyler just once randomly asked me, what's DaCosta's first name, Jeremy? And I was like, I don't, oh wait, it's Martin. Of course I know that. <laughs> Whereas I have literally set up flashcards on Discord with characters' names for Gundam Double O, so I will learn them. <laughs> you can do that? Well, I just put pictures of them, and then I put their name in spoiler right above it. Oh, okay. That's actually kind of neat. But I did want to talk about a few things. Gundam 00 of Quiz, of course, created a few years after Gundam Seed Destiny. Start, first aired in Japan in 2007. It is the first Gundam series that was divided into two 25-episode blocks instead of getting a full 50 from the start. Lots of people at the time thought it was because of the production disasters with Destiny. Although I think it had more to do with the anime industry just moving that way. And maybe that was a slight influence on it. You can very much tell Gundam 00 in a lot of ways feels like two 25 episode animes that happen to be connected with the same characters. The themes and stories are very different. And it does kind of wrap up after 25 in a fairly neat way. And then goes for another 25. Yeah, I like well, the second half better. I'm the only person in the world with that opinion. <laughs> well, I'll want to see if we agree, because I actually haven't seen Double Out all the way through. I know it, like the broad strokes from different games I've played. but Yeah, yeah thanks for saying that, because that was kind of what I wanted to get into. I also know the broad strokes of Double O, but even less than Gundam Wing, I feel like I know the plot. Like the way episode two ends, I was like, oh, wow, I don't remember that at all. That seems like a way better cliffhanger than I remember any of the first 10 episodes of this show having. And there are very many events where I also have a very broad outline video game sense of the plot of Double O. The major turns aren't going to surprise me, but there are so many details that might. 
I also wanted to talk about some of the voice actors in Gundam 00 real quick, so that Slack can correct me when I'm wrong. <laughs> Are there any shars? No, but Amuro Ray's Japanese voice actor returns to voice a minor character named Ribbons Allmark, apparently because Char was back for Destiny, so Amuro was like, I gotta get on this train. Well, that's an interesting choice. That also is a hell of a name. Ribbons Allmark. <laughs> Amuro's English voice actor also returns for the English dub voicing Setsuna FSA, the main character, which is one of the reasons I can't watch the dub is because he does a different voice for Setsuna, but sometimes he will just drift into Amuro and it bugs the hell out of me. <laughs> Doesn't bother me, but that's because I've never actually seen Amuro's English voice actor. So, uh, Interesting coincidence. Both of Setsuna FSA's voice actors, Japanese and English, also voiced Light Yagami. Huh. Interesting. They kind of do some nods to that in the first ending of Double O. Also, the maybe broader thing, and more the reason I can't watch the dub, is it was dubbed by the same company as did Gundam Seed, as you might imagine, and they just typecast everyone. So I'm guessing Sumeragi is voiced by Maru? Yes. Felt is voiced by uh, Lacus, and she is not even trying to change her voice. Tabitha St. Germain is back. She's less noticeable. Ian Cox, everybody's favorite Inuyasha, voices Alleluia. Atherin voices Tiaria. Oh, that explains why I knew, why his voice sounded so familiar. He's everybody, but mostly he's everybody's favorite Inuyasha. Well, I, just, I was like, he sounds kind of familiar, but I didn't really think anything of it. But that, That's geez. because he isn't screaming, Kagome! <laughs> uh, he will later, don't worry. Uh <laughs> Patrick Zala's voice actor returns to play a character. Patrick Kulisar, our favorite, we'll get to him, is voiced by the same voice actor as Mula Flaga. And there are many, many more. Too many for me Wait, to that's, go that's through all of them. that's typecast. Mula Flaga should have been uh, voicing <laughs> Graham, Graham Aker. <laughs> they thought that was too obvious. Probably a lot of others, like I said, that I'm just forgetting, but it makes it difficult for me to watch the dub because I'm like, Sumeragi and Maru are not the same character. Why does their voice sound the same? I mean, they're both kind of moms, but Maru is a nice, responsible mom, and Sumeragi is your drunk wine mom. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I feel like, given the chance, Maru would have been a wine-drunk mom. I mean, so. we, the one time we saw her drink, she went for it. <laughs> I seem to remember an entire joke about how Maru was a uh, party girl when they were going through Yeah, training. I was actually going to say that. Yeah, Maru was obviously a party girl in college, and then like kind of grew out of it. Well, so that, it was, that's uh, the difference, is she grew out of it. Sumeragi is her roommate, who's still living that life. <laughs> If I remember right, the backstory from Sumeragi actually makes that make sense. It does. I did want to say that compared to Gundam Seed Destiny, we were just having the talk again last episode about how characters make story. And especially compared to Gundam Wing, Double O is much, much better about its characters and their arcs. And that's something I'm going to be watching very carefully, I think, this watch through. Because I like most of the characters' backstories and stuff, but I don't have nearly the attachment to them that I do to some of the Gundam Seed characters. Uh, so before we begin, any general impressions of Double O on these first two episodes? So right off the bat, we got a couple of things. I like the design of Lock-Ons, Gundam Dynamis. Is that this one? This one's yes, Dynamis. Yes, this is Dynamis. Right? I like most of them. I'm not as fan of the of the Virtue. It's too chunky for me. And I don't like the Curios because it's a transforming mobile suit. So I like the ones that are on the planet. Um, the blue <laughs> you, and green ones. You got the ground ones and the sky ones. <laughs> now you just need but, some water ones. These first two episodes feel kind of scattered to me. Like, they don't know who's their main characters. I did not really get that impression. I feel like they know they want Setsuna to be the main character really bad. It was my impression. But also, Setsuna has a personality of Setsuna. <laughs> so, cardboard. <laughs> Setsuna's the least interesting person in the first two episodes. Here's my question for you then, Tyler. 
Between Setsuna, white cardboard, and Riku, the block of wood, who has more character? Setsuna. <laughs> Setsuna is at least grumpy. <laughs> Setsuna at least has an emotion or a vibe, right? <laughs> I, I had to ask because Tyler said he was the most boring character out there. So, uh, Well, no, he's the most boring character in this show. Yeah, that is so what he far. said. Um, um, he's not the most boring character we've ever seen in a Gundam. That goes to... What? I'm the most boring character in a Gundam? Riku. What about you, Jeremy? What's your first impression? I mean, I've seen the series before, so I have sort of a different set of thoughts, but I've said before, I think all Gundam series begin poorly, and I think Double O is one of the worst offenders. The thing that is true about the characters of Double O is they all kind of represent things, especially in the first half. And an interesting thing about it is it is in many ways a story about a world's reaction to Gundam suddenly showing up as opposed to a story about Gundams showing up, which is why you have so many characters, because they want all these disparate nations, and those nations need characters to represent them. But that means our screen time is split heavily between them. And Gundam Seed also has a tremendous number of characters, but it doesn't introduce as many of them as quickly. And I do think Gundam 00 is less efficient with its character time in a lot of ways. Yeah, I was going to say, we keep getting some flashes of characters being like, I'm remarking on this thing. This is the only time we're going to see me this episode. Sure, glad we spent 30 seconds on that. But but remember my face, because I'm going to come back. Exactly. Um, I do have to disagree with you. There is at least one Gundam series that starts off strong. And that is? G Gundam. No, I disagree. Look, <laughs> have you seen this Italy? man is great, but... The battle in Italy where he catches all the bullets? <laughs> you know exactly what you're getting into. True. Well, and G Gundam, as we've talked about, is actually totally a Gundam series. It's about a shitty teenager becoming better. When I looked that up, I'm like, holy crap, Domon 16? What the fuck is this? Well, in, in Japan, you're not allowed to be a main character if you're over 20, and he needed four good years of main character on him, so... Domon hyperactive pituitary Kashi. Um. <laughs> all right. With that all said, we are going to go ahead and watch episode one of Gundam 00, Celestial Being. You can watch along if you like on Crunchyroll. I believe it's also on Funimation, which they'll probably be the same thing soon enough anyway. And I assume it's on Gundam Info because the movie is, but who knows? It's Gundam Info. It might not be on there right now, but it'll probably be on there fairly soon. We begin in the Krugus Republic in AD 2301. Can you believe it? A Gundam series that didn't make up its own calendar. In AD 2301, and war was beginning. Over the top of this couple of like kids carrying guns running through a city, there is actually an announcement going on. Basically like holy war type stuff. Yeah, I talked a lot about how Gundam Seed is very much a reaction to 9-11 and the U.S. government trying to pressure the Japanese government to give them military aid, a thing the U.S. government wrote into the Japanese constitution they weren't allowed to do. Gundam 00 is more muddled, but it also is definitely taking stuff from the political climate of the time. There's lots of stuff about how bad war is, both for religious reasons, a lot of which was going on in the Middle East at the time, and for economic reasons, a lot of which was going on in the Middle East and how even humanitarian reasons are bad. And in that way, it's a lot more idealistic than some other Gundam series. These, uh, <laughs> Speaking of idealistic, here are some dead children. <laughs> these Child these soldiers. Big, chunky mobile suits I actually kind of like. These are the AMFs, A-N-F. I, I wanna, always want to call them the AFT, but that's a real word. I do actually like these as like old, outdated models. What I really like, this is going to sound morbid, but I talk about a lot in Gundam Wing and when it happened in Gundam Seed, I really like combined arms battles in Gundam, and when you get to see how multiple suits react to jets and stuff, 
And I really like seeing these mobile suits that are almost anti-personnel mowing people down and people trying to fight them. Well, I got more of an impression of like a tank because they have a big heavy cannon on one arm and and then a machine gun like on a small turret underneath its chin. So that's more of what it's dealing with for the anti-personnel. But we don't see any other armor here. So like they're obviously just hunting infantry right now. Yeah, I think that's my point, is we almost never see Gundams attacking ground troops because of how morbid it is, or I should say mobile suits in general. There's always the question of, like, how does this stop just some dudes with a rocket launcher from running right under its legs past it? And so I really like seeing that here, that these are weapons that are very effective at taking human life. Or swarming <laughs> it. Like, I think that would be more of what a infantry squad would do. You swarm a walker like that and jam explosives into its knees. Yep. I actually also really like this even more outdated mobile suits that they're fighting against. They lo- that look more like a uh, modified loader type yeah, of thing. construction mechs. Yeah. Which is how a lot of Gundam series start. So we see a child with a machine gun running around, dodging various very heavy caliber fire, trying to take cover, but the mobile suit bullets just pierce right through the wall. But he's got main character eyes. And he has the thought, oh, God, in this world, there is no God. As we see him doing some flashbacks to some child soldier war crimes. So one of them takes a hit and loses its can. These walkers lose its cannon, and then swings its machine gun around to blow up the offending target. And main character kid is almost collateral damage. Clearly, these uh, these attackers with the heavy mobile suits have gotten a significant advantage because basically everything is dead in this town. Yeah, we get to see a cool mass grave. Very cool. Very mass. He gets pinned against the wall from one of these dudes, and he's about to get blown into next week. I really like the perspective. It's just very standard Power Rangers up shots at the mech, but it really does make it look giant. But then a laser from God destroys the mobile suit, and then it starts destroying all the other mobile suits around. I do actually, I agree with you. I like that shot of looking up at the mobile suits, because you don't really see a lot of Gundam shots with that. You see most of them like are on par with the mobile suit itself, and it really reinforces... Man, these things are big. The main character boy looks up and, hey, remember Gundams with angel wings? This one's got glowy green light angel wings. And we get a glory shot of a mobile suit that looks almost exactly like the original RX-78 Gundam, just a little sleeker, but with a giant little pod on its back that's emitting green light. And hey, the green light just happens to look exactly like angel wings as little boy who doesn't believe in God looks at it. And then we get the opening in episode one, which is a bit of a surprise to me. But uh, I think this opening's a banger. Don't they usually not use the opening in the first episode of these? It's been common lately to them not to, so I was surprised to get it here. I guess guess this is just an older anime than I thought. Now that I think about it, yeah, it's mostly anime recently. It doesn't use the opening in the first. Uh, Sometimes what they'll do is they'll have the opening be the closing, actually. Yeah, that's what I've seen. Um, And then you, of course, have some weird ones like uh, Villainous, where the first opening is actually like, it takes place in the middle of the first episode for some reason. It does effectively shear off the cold opening flashback from the rest of the episode, though. So It does work as a really good uh, divider there. Yeah, also the song, pretty solid. Yeah, I talked about Gundam Seed having the best openings, but this one in particular, I think, gives them a run for its money. The thing about Gundam Double O openings is I feel like they get slowly worse as the series goes on. They never get bad, but they get slowly worse. Do they ever dip down to the level of... uh... That last Destiny opening from the HD remaster that never seemed to fit? No, but spoilers, the last Gundam 00 opening is just the Gundam C Destiny opening. Only a bad one. (laughs) Everybody's naked? Yes. (laughs) 
There's uh, not quite as much bouncing. I was going to ask well, about I don't the think there are any characters uh, quite that big. You don't think so because of the designs, but a lot of people call this series Gundam Double D, and I didn't get it until I read that and looked at them like, oh, yeah. Yeah, all the girls, like, there are lots of very skinny girls, but they have a lot in their chest for some reason. I don't think any of them have anything on the level of Maru. I'll show you a shot in a second. (laughs) (laughs) Any uh, comments in general on the opening? Like I said, I really like it. This shot you're seeing here with the explosion behind the princess, I super love. I actually really like the division there, because when it goes, when it's behind the princess, it's like this calm, you know, nice area. And then when she turns behind her, it's basically... Carpet bombed. Carpet bombing. Yeah, I was, I'm not a huge fan of most of the action shots in this opening, just because they're, I don't know, kind of generic-ish. It's fine. Also, grade A English. Yep. <laughs> My wish is over the airspace! <laughs> well, I think part of it is the action shots here really feel like we gotta give everybody one. Like, everybody has to get at least one. And don't worry, there's more and more of that as the openings go on. It's one of the reasons I dislike them so much. Honestly. Anyway, here are all the characters you're supposed to care about when they show up on screen for one second. Everybody else is just a dude. So, Zach, look at the girls in this cast. Okay, I get you. Especially the girl on the far right. But Felt just looks like a normal girl that they slapped, they drew boobs onto. It doesn't look like they're real. Like, this is a photoshopped poster for a movie where they made her boobs bigger. She's the pink-haired girl. Sumeragi is not as hanging out here as she will be in a lot of other spots. But, yeah, just a a lot going on in the, the D area. (laughs) <laughs> I thought you were talking about one of the characters that isn't on this particular shot, shot here, because on the shot where she popped up in the opening, I was like, okay, I see where Jeremy's coming from, because those are big. They're just not as blatant. Every time the ship shakes, we don't get a close-up on Maru's boobs, because she's not in this show. <laughs> and there's no Muir Campbell running around in her slutty Lacus Klein cosplay. So we cut to 2307. Six years later, yeah. for those who can't do math. Don't worry, Tyler, I got you. And we see the AEU orbital elevator, which is helpfully labeled, since we don't know what it is. And an AEU military testing ground. And we see a bunch of gun emplacements not hitting a mobile suit. They look like SeaWiz. The C stands for cheese. I wanted to say, I meant to bring this up earlier when you mentioned the Gundam, Zach. Compared to Gundam Seed and Destiny, I do not like the mobile suit design in 00 nearly as much particularly the grunt suits the gundams look like gundams i don't super care for the double o gundams but i don't think they're bad particularly kevin's joke about showing him two of the same picture aside <laughs> uh, but a lot of the grunt suits just don't do it for me in a lot of different ways no, i do I, like I, how sleek the enact here is i don't i, I really hate the enact actually i really hate transform it. zach of course you do well it's not even that i, I hate the head design on it I actually and most of the other it. stuff like it's weird like arm you know, shield thingy, which doesn't even really seem to doom. It it's a propeller the, shield. For the Gundams, like, I mainly really like just how they all seem like they were designed with, this is this thing's job. Yes, they are very specialist. One is good at close combat, one is good at sniping, one is good at being a plane, actually. And one <laughs> is good at heavy artillery. And one is good at fuck you and all your friends. I was going to say, the Enact actually uh, looks like some Zone of the Enders nonsense to me, and I'm into that. The one thing I will say about them, though, is double O mobile suits definitely have their own look. And I do appreciate that. So this one is doing all sorts of flips and shit while shooting balloons. And we see that there is an impressed set of bystanders. And a guy that has clearly had character design done because he's got this weird, like, ponytail top knot thing going on. Yep, it's Billy Kataragi. The Blue Power Ranger is here. He's also got a very snazzy suit compared to everyone else's, like... Military dress? No, because... A lot of them have, like, suit jackets, but we've got, like, you know, tan, 
black, slight blue. This guy's in like a white tuxedo with a purple tie, which I totally dig, by the way. Yeah, but, no, that's a good look. Yeah. Apparently, the mobile suit is solar powered as well. So a character for all off screen in a blacker suit, that space we don't see yet, points out that the AEU is lagging behind in the developing of its orbital elevator. So it's trying to show off their mobile suit to make up for it. it doesn't the orbital elevator already exist? Like, we're, we were just shown that? They're supposed to have multiples. Ah. So shouldn't that be the deployment of their orbital well, elevator, maybe, not their development Maybe of there's it? efficiency? I have no idea. Sure. Or maybe they they got theirs up two years later. I don't know. I think this is a translation issue because it M totally squad. But anyway, Billy helpfully exposits that this guy is an M squad and should probably not be here. To which he agrees, and sits right down. And so they start discussing like how oh, expositing Zach they're, expositing. They're, they are expositing to the audience while pretending to discuss what's going on. It's, it's like, at least less ham fisted than we've seen in other Gundam series. Yeah. How. How bold of them to show off their new mobile suit at the same time as the Human Reform League's 10th anniversary ceremony. Remember these important proper nouns. You'll need them. There <laughs> will, will be a, be quiz. On a test. <laughs> already gone. I don't care that it's still on the screen. Already gone. This is the What's a Gundam experience for you all. <laughs> so the guy says it's just this particular mobile suit is just an imitation of their flags, whatever that is. Well, clearly Presumably it's a mobile, it's a mobile suit. suit of some kind. But the pilot's like, ah, I can hear you. Bad mouth in me and spilling that you are from another government, which seems like a bad move if you are in microphone range. Well, presumably the guy was actually the dude with the purple tie was actually invited. Yeah, I this. assume so. I don't know if he was invited or if his government got him in. I don't think he's supposed to be like incognito or anything like that. Yeah. And blonde guy is like, well, at least he's got a good sound system. Meanwhile, in space. Yeah, well, not in space. Meanwhile, in the stratosphere. Almost in space. We do pan up the giant solar tower to see, hey, it's a Gundam in free fall. Apparently it is Exia. I was just going to say, I am not a huge fan of the Exia. It's just a little too blocky all over the place for me. I really, really didn't like the Exia the first time I watched Gundam Double O, but it's really grown on me. I like its retractable arm sword thing. That's kind of cool. My problem with the Exia is it's weirdly unbalanced because it has that arm sword and shield thing on it, but the other arm doesn't have anything going on. So it feels like it's just missing a couple of parts. I don't know. I think the asymmetry helps it. Anyway, we cut to some military dudes. They're like, hey, there's a thing coming. At three o'clock. We don't know what it is. And they're like, hey, tell it to stay back. And they're like, hey, it's uh, not on radar. Or, or sub-radar. Or whatever the hell <laughs> sub-radar is. It's literally, I'm, they just have a submarine hooked up to the station. I'm, I'm going to assume it's sonar, but this guy doesn't actually know what sonar is, so he just calls it sub-radar. They get a visual, and they're like, hey, that's not one of ours. We did zoom and enhance. Meanwhile, we see a floating guy who very, you know, chilly says, it has begun. <laughs> Someone gets in contact with the pilot who was hanging out outside his mobile suit. Well, we just saw he was yelling at blonde guy and no, technician. Yeah, he's, he hasn't gotten back in. And but as they're telling him, he starts to get feedback. And he looks up, he's like, oh, a mobile suit. But we know he's vaguely important now because we see his face through his mask. So the guys that were discussing about it, the mobile suit itself is like, wow, they got another one? They got another new one? But blonde guy's like, that's not theirs. I know because I am also a main character, kind of. So the Exia lands, just kind of chill, turns to the enact. And everyone's like, this looks way less janky than all of our mobile suits. One of the random generals in the crowd tries to call the pilot of the enact, whose name is Patrick. 
I, I'm assuming that the uh, that guy isn't like just random dude. He's actually the dude who's supposed to be running this current affair, which is why he had connection to Patrick Colasar. Yeah, I don't think he's a random dude. I said a random general. I assume he is in some way in the chain of command. So apparently the communications are blocked. Well, we have already kind of saw that with the feedback Patrick was getting, but this is blonde guy noticing it. And then the p- other people still be like, hey, we should evacuate. Actually, an officer came down and was like, you're being, we're evacuating you. So Patrick is like, well, either way, I'm going to take you out because you're uninvited and that will make me cool. You're ruining my big day. People call him an idiot because of the money they spent developing this. Although I don't know what else you expect him to do. Run away would be the only other choice I can think of. And you don't know what that thing can do. And But one dude comes up and is like, nah, nah, he'll just fight that thing and win. And it'll increase the value of our mobile suit. And he's their hothead ace pilot. Patrick Colasar, our military ace. It's our boy. (laughs) This podcast obviously is going to have a very strange relationship with Patrick Colasar. Because we watched (laughs) Gundam Build Divers before this, where Patrick Colasar is a Where's Waldo in every episode. (laughs) So we love this dumb boy already. One of the people tells us his personality is problematic. And, uh, As he starts uh, bragging about his own exploits, which aren't even that impressive. He's like, who the hell do you think I am? He literally calls himself Mr. Special, the way you know that he is, in fact, special. I like the vibroblade. I like that he pulls out the vibroblade and we see it at people nearby reacting. That's the bit I really like about it, because that's not a super uncommon mecha weapon, but I don't know that I've ever seen, like, people grabbing their ears because of the sonics of one nearby. That's actually, it is a nice touch. But we get an extreme close-up on the pilot of the X-A. He's like, gonna eliminate the target. And then he does that anime sword slash thing where we don't see anything, but the Anak doesn't have a hand anymore. I like that the blade's still running after the hand gets cut off. I mean, he never turned it off, so. Yep. Patrick pulls a gun, but the Exia does a flip, and hey, it has a beam saber, and uh, Patrick's been disarmed. Patrick has been pseudo-saviored. As he's like, hey, just like Raiden, I've won all sorts of mock battles all. So, <laughs> I do love this. Blonde guy says, excuse me, and steals somebody's uh, binoculars. binoculars. And he's like, what, what are you doing? And he's like, I said excuse me. <laughs> to examine the uh, Exia. And apparently they just have Gundam on the, t- on the forehead for some reason. Branding. I mean, I we'll, guess. We'll find out make- that's very important to Celestial Being. I guess you want to make sure you can sell those Celestial toys. being? And so Graham's like, hey, or blonde guy is like, hey, is that the mobile suit's name? Probably the mobile suit's name, right? All the, our mobile suits just have flag written on their heads, <laughs> right? <laughs> so we get a good look at the pilot, and it seems to be that kid from before. Of course, watching the opening, it already kind of showed that. Yeah. And I, he's just like, all right, my mission here is done. I'm and leaving. And just floats off. I love the way its legs dangle just a little bit. <laughs> it's so silly. And apparently this is a, it's got a different type of propulsion system to the extent where they don't actually know what kind of propulsion it's using. Yeah, it doesn't even seem to have one. Just but, glowy particles. By the way, I've decided <laughs> that flags are acronyms. It's a flying large aggressive guy. <laughs> <laughs> I do love how Colossar gets out of the enact and is screaming everything. And blonde guy's like, wow, it scores top marks in pilot safety. <laughs> I love Patrick Collisar so much already. <laughs> I the way, hope he's a character. After I watched this the first time, one of the first things I asked Jeremy was, does he ever become any less annoying? <laughs> yeah, Jeremy and I were having this discussion, and Jeremy's response was, you think Tyler won't like this guy? <laughs> and so blonde guy's like, maybe this was supposed to be a warning. Anyway, the AAU ain't just gonna take this shit lying down. Cut to a whole bunch of old AAU Hellions, we don't know what they're called, but they're Hellions, taking off. 
these are super dumb looking plane suits. They have arms. They look it, very silly. It cuts to space. something <laughs> called the celestial being transport ship Ptolemaeus, which is actually kind of rad. Which I only know because of build fighters. And hey, we get some build bridge bunnies. You never saw build fighters. Which I only know because of fight builders. <laughs> That's my favorite. <laughs> Joke not found. <laughs> I thought I had something. I don't. Uh, we cut into the Ptolemaeus. Say, hey, we get some bridge bunnies. They're cute. They're in spacesuits, so we can't see their double Ds. Well, their arms are up, so maybe we could, but... And the, it... the two guys on board the bridge are talking about, oh, yeah, if uh, they can't pull it off, then we're screwed. And one of the women's like, hey, cut the chatter. But then the captain, lovely Miss Sumeragi, comes in. He's like, hey, don't worry about it. It's our big debut. I love, I love her space beer. <laughs> I do it with a bang. And everyone is like, wait, you're drinking right now? Which is met with, I just planned this shit. It's on you now. Beer. My part is done. (laughs) Yay, beer. In space. I actually kind of love how it's got like the cap on it. Yeah, I like the design of the Ptolemaeus pretty well. Uh, It's not the Archangel that's the biggest problem with it. I mean, but the thing is, it works perfectly well for what it is. Because it's got the four bays. Yep, so we cut into another Gundam pilot who is talking to himself, asking if Hallelujah is ready for a battle. He's like, this is depressing for me. We get a nice little launch sequence. They transfer control to him, and he says in English, I have control. (laughs) Which is the funniest shit. It doesn't play in the dub at all, because he just says, I have control. This guy is one of the ones where you have to kind of shake your head at the character design because he's got the whole Troa thing going on. So one of his eyes is eternally covered by his hair. Yep. Even inside his helmet. Cut to the party that's going on at the top of one of the space elevators. This is the Human Reform League's one. We remember earlier when we said, hey, there's a party going on. There's a party going on. I actually kind of love how this party is going on and everybody's like, at different angles and stuff from each other. Yeah, it is a pretty cool scene. Also, the Japanese news is here reporting on this. For reasons. Uh, anyway, cut to a main character, Chun-Li. <laughs> she must be a main character, because there's character design there. Uh, she makes fun of a waiter for blushing at her. Meanwhile, her butler shows up and is like, it has begun. And she's like, good, I hope more characters say that this episode. <laughs> it's the first episode. How would people know it's beginning if we didn't say otherwise? Now we get to the actual, like... Uh, the episode title, as the captain is like, here come the Gundam Meisters of Celestial Being. <laughs> I really here want, come like, the Gundam Meisters. Here come the Gundam Meisters. I was going to go a different way. Here come the Gundam Meisters. Here come the Gundam Meisters <laughs> right in out of space. <laughs> <laughs> and here we get a distinct lack of eye catch because Double O does not have eye catches. Instead, we just get black just a blank screen. Well, I mean, it's got like a pseudo eye catch because we got the title of the episode and then we get the double lot thing down at the bottom of the screen. The logo, yeah. Hello, everyone, and thank you for joining us on this, the first episode of Gundam Double O. We've got Kevin with us for this episode and the next one, and future Tyler here. I'm actually kind of enjoying this series by the third episode. It's got some ups and downs, but I'm hopeful that it's going to continue to go up or at least be... Fairly interesting as the series goes on. No major announcements this week, but hey, if you hop over to our patreon.com slash the last podcast, you can get access to all of our episodes early, in addition to some bonus content like all of our episodes on the Evangelion Rebuild movies, which were actually a ton of fun to record and completely reshaped my opinion on Evangelion as a franchise. 
But even if you don't feel like doing that, you can always hop over to our Discord or, hey, just tell someone about the podcast. That's always helpful, too. Anyway, let you get back to the episode. Bye. Cut to the Exia fighting some Hellions. They cannot hit it. And its sword is also a gun. I actually do kind of like the design on the pistol sword for the Exia, where the sword covers the barrel. It's not great, but I think it is cool enough. But guns are dumb, so he decides to stab them. Well, he's got a bonus to damage when he's using the sword. I mean, it could be just that they've got some kind of like energy armor. So he's like, oh, I just need to hit him with physical damage. So apparently he's got some moves as he listed lazily to the left. (laughs) (laughs) And they're like, what mobility? (laughs) We see more Hellions taking off from the elevator tower. And the main character is like, ah, as we thought, the AU has military forces stationed in the pillar. Cut to a harrow. (laughs) I actually kind of love Lock-On's harrow. Me too, yeah. (laughs) This harrow immediately was the least annoying harrow I've ever encountered. (laughs) So anyway, we have another main character in a Gundam who is very casually like, eh, guess I'll help out. He's Mulafaga. He is Lock-On Stratos. I love, holy crap. Is Lock-On his real name? Or they are code all code names. names. Okay. But like, I wish his real name was Lock-On Stratos. <laughs> <laughs> so we, we see the Exia getting surrounded and one of the things attacking it just gets sh- blasted from the ground. Yep, because the Dynamis is a sniper and we see him just shooting from the bottom immediately making these guys have just a 100 times better plan than the Gundam Wing characters. <laughs> I don't think the Gundam Wing know. characters Go down actually there. Had, a ca- had a plan. Correct. Although, to, be, <laughs> to be fair, they were all dispatched without, communi- or without contact with anybody else, with any of the other ones. Yes. So it's kind of hard to have a plan in that case. Yeah, what exactly is the plan in Gundam Wing? Give me like a 30 seconds. We're going to go fuck them up to get Oz to come out of the woodwork. <laughs> okay. Well, if we send our Gundams down there... Yes. Question mark, question mark, question mark. <laughs> Profit. Free colonies. <laughs> <laughs> There's a devil shot of the Exia as it closes in on one of the Hellions and cuts its arm off, which makes it fall down. We see the Dynamis has this like dumb thing where its V-fin covers its eyes for have a sniper camera when it's sniping. Sniper mode. Meanwhile, cut to the two guys who were watching the meeting earlier, Billy and Blondie, just in a truck. Like, they're going to carpool, but they haven't started driving yet. They're in a Hummer. (laughs) In a parking lot. In a parking lot. (laughs) Like, they're about to get Sonic, or like they just finished Sonic. (laughs) It's actually, it's like it's a Sonic commercial. No, yes. (laughs) They're they're, they're deciding which, like, where they want to go. We just missed that part of the conversation. They're going to, like... Do we go to Sonic, McDonald's, Burger King, you feeling tacos? I think they call it Hungry Jacks here in Europe. Do they have tacos in Europe? Surely they do. Do they? (laughs) Okay, but they have like Taco Bell and like Del Taco. Isn't there a Taco Bell in Germany on like the American Air Force Base there? (laughs) That's America. It just (laughs) happens to be in Germany. There are Taco's Bell in England. Okay. I happen to know. Because one of my old coworkers got stationed in England for a while, and she's like, the closest I can get to spicy food is Taco Bell. <laughs> well, the English don't believe in flavors, so checks Amazing, out. you spend all that time conquering the known world for spices only to never use any of them. <laughs> well, you see, they truly valued them. So Blondie is like, ah, so he's exposing the AEU's military strength in the pillar. It's trying to show the world that the AEU has more military power than the treaty actually allows. It's a check and a warning. Billy's like, why would he want to do that? Blind is like, I don't know. Well, I probably has to ask a dumb teenager. <laughs> and he would be like, I don't know. I just got told to do it. My drunken controller told me to do it. 
He's like, I can't see the AEU taking this laying down, though. And Billy's just like, okay, can we go now? I don't know why I let you drive. (laughs) Especially because I didn't know you were going to be here. Do you think that's actually Blondie's car? I think it is a military car. I I think that's how Blondie got there, actually. (laughs) How did Billy get there, then? He was going to get picked up, but the thing ended early, so he's like, hey, can I ride with you? Yeah, he he was getting a lift. (laughs) Cut to the space elevator party where we see a force field deflecting some debris. And we see a bunch of military guys. They're not important. They got a reading on the E-sensor. Well, I mean, you can tell they're not important because they're, like, set into the floor. Okay, but this guy behind him could be important. Yeah. But he's not. They are showing him like Blondie, though, and only showing his feet, so he can pan up to the show someone. The ceremony is still going on, so double check on whatever massive thing just popped up. And like, we will zoom in and enhance this image. Oh no, it's a bunch of mobile suits. Trying to break through our unspecified barrier. With a crate. They must have snuck in with the debris. The debris. John Debris is going to be my next sci-fi RPG character. <laughs> John Debris? Mm. Jetsum? Jet, oh, Jet Flotsam. Deb- no, Jet Debris, but Jet <laughs> is short for Jetsum. <laughs> <laughs> you could be Sam Debris and be Flotsam Debris. Sam Jet. <laughs> wow, that one exploded. Yeah, well, <laughs> they're grinding against the force field that destroys things that it touches. Yeah. I get that, but like that was, you know, that thing just was gone. Yep. Well, like the Debris. Yep. And the guys watching are like, oh man, what did I tell you? Well, it looks like they're pretty determined since they didn't turn around when one of them exploded. And one of the guys like, are they terrorists? What the fuck do you think? So it's like, deploy our mobile suits. I mean, that's a good call. We need to protect the bronze plates. Well, and all the rich people at the party. What does a military exist for if not to protect rich f- people? We cut to I get that, but they're, they're cutting in at the bronze plates, which you know, sure. I don't know what they do. We, we cut to a guy who's clearly not important because he can't see his face. Yeah, he's he only like has an imperial pilot. He's only got 120 hours of training in space. And I do like his CEO's response is, well, ram into one of them. You'll get a two-rank promotion. All those handhold things are cool. They're, those are actually a Gundam thing in general, because we see them in uh, Gundam Seed as well. Yeah, and Gundam can never decide if there's gravity on these things or not. It yeah, because there was definitely gravity in that party. Yeah. Well, so, no, in the sometimes. party we saw people like at different angles. Yeah, but we also saw people standing, <laughs> and if there's no gravity, you can't be standing. Magnet boots? That's me bu- making some bullshit. Uh, but... ma- dude, the girls have magnet high heels? <laughs> yeah. Magnet <laughs> heels. Yes. The blade is in space fashion. Um, Except it's magnet stiletto. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, this guy, who is from the opening, so he is important, says that this happens because the AAU will sell weapons to any tin pot nation. I want you all to guess this guy's name. Zach, if you know it, you're disqualified. I will give you the hint. He is Russian. I actually can't remember his name. And um... Vladimir Chomsky. Close. (laughs) You want to hazard a guess, Kevin? I was going to say something like Petrovich. If this uh, helps you, it's an alliterative name. If you guys want to take another step. Okay, well, I literally worked with a gay named Vladimir Vladimirov, so (laughs) (laughs) that is his real name. It's not Sergei, is it? Sergei Smirnov. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, well, what is the other, like, super generic Russian name I can think of? That's why I couldn't remember it, is because it's like, it can't possibly be Sergei. That's That's too generically Russian. Completely random, but Alex the other day was asking me if Zangief was a real name, and the answer is yes. It is a real last name and in fact Zangief is named after a Russian wrestler whose last name is Zangief if it wasn't it is now that's fair 
I think Gundam just likes to have their cake and eat it too, or gravity works and it doesn't at the same time. I think what's happening is this is a centrifuge of some. I don't know. There are people standing at all angles, like right next to each other here. So I don't know how ha- this works. This would have to be some sort of weird gravity platforms because it looks like you can just kind of decide to fuck off because this guy like floats in, lands, and is just like, all right, and now I'm going to leave again. And that's definitely not how Zero G works, except no. in Gundam. I, yeah, I don't know anything about what's going on. And they have open-top containers, so there must be gravity <laughs> of some sort. Otherwise, their beverages would be floating well, everywhere. We did see earlier the, the waiter had, like, actually covered containers. But not all of them. Like, I see but, a no, lady with a champagne yeah, the, flute. I was like, that woman has a champagne flute. <laughs> and she's perpendicular. We saw the waiter with them, but apparently none of these people have them. Uh, these people are rich. Physics do not apply to them. Because <laughs> they are that rich. Speaking of military guys coming in. Wow, that guy's an asshole. He just left his drink floating there. Well, I mean, it floats. Yeah, but it's going to hit somebody. It's going to hit a poor person. See, she at least has a straw, so like that actually makes sense in a zero-G environment. That's to tell you that she is not rich and is therefore sympathetic, and you can like her. (laughs) I Also, her drink looks like something straight out of the fifth element, and that's kind of rad. Anyway, she's like, oh, man, they're leaving without us. What jerks. The, all the military guys are, like, fleeing, uh, like, rats fleeing a sinking ship. It's Not uh, telling any of the civilians. It's just three PNGs falling down a hole. <laughs> <laughs> Her butler's like, should we leave? And she's like, of course not. We'll miss the show. Anyway, Miss Sugar- Sumeragi's pretty cool. She's good at weather forecasting in space. Sorry, space just zippers. the images of those guards going down that hole just completely threw me for a loop. <laughs> So we see a bunch of new mobile suits being deployed. Uh, these are, I want to say Tiarians. I can I, spell it for you. I think they're Tiarians. They are super chunky, and I do not like these at all. I do like that each faction has different mobile suits. That is nice that they all are all using different ones, but I don't really like any of them. I do like how when we see them maneuvering, they're at, it actually looks like they're jetting uh, air. Yeah. To reorient themselves. Oh no, the enemy has changed course. They're hiding behind the ring, so we can't shoot at them. So the terrorists have brought missiles in a box. Turns out that's what's in the crate. What's in the box? Missiles. They and can't ex- intercept them in time. They're screwed. Oh, but from off screen, more lasers. And I do like that we see the missiles explode, but a whole bunch of flak still hits the station. I actually love how it shows the thing flex, but like it's clearly got a system built in to handle it. It's well, got to yeah. be prepared for that solar wind. Somebody- or, you know space debris hits because uh those are moving quite rapidly yeah. I, I think that's what the force field is for but yeah well even then like you'd still want some measure of flexibility in any sort of system like that just in case something gets through that force field so really quick we we have a close-up of chun Li's face the fact that we can clearly see her eyebrows through her hair really bugs me <laughs> that's, that's a just very a, common animation yeah i, I was like that's just an anime thing for some reason it's just especially on her left side it's just it's baffling to me it's worse when they'll do it where you can see the eyeball clearly through someone's hair like it's like a flat mat of hair and they're like and why, an why can't yeah why can't i see your eyeball through that <laughs> uh somebody asked what was that and in the english dub chun Li helpfully says the name of our podcast <laughs> <laughs> Specifically, the Gundam Curios. It's a jet. He also agrees. Sumeraki's weather forecasting is great. Way better than Channel 9. As he easily takes out these terrorists. It's sunny with a chance of chumps. But the last one is going in for a suicide strike. And so he's like, ah, Tierra. Tierra, get him. Uh, And then a giant Gundam shows up and turns off all the cameras. The mega chunk Gundam. 
the Virtue Gundam. Chun-Li knows, and she tells us the audience. As Zach said, it's a big boy. And it's got a big boy cannon. This is easily my favorite of these mobile suit designs so far. (laughs) It's way too chunky for me. And that's why I love it. It's because it's so It's very different from most Gundams. Yeah, I'm very torn on it because it is huge and chunky, but it it looks like it's that way on purpose, at least. What's that one nuclear-powered Gundam? That's the freedom. Okay, fair. The Uh, Faisalis. You are thinking of the GPO-2 Faisalis. Yes. Yeah, Isn't so, that one not nuclear-powered? It just has nuclear yeah, weapons yeah, on board? Yeah, it is not nuclear-powered. It is specifically designed for nuclear strikes. So this guy's a uh, hockey goalie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he's got the leg pads and the arm pads. Yep, and he's even got the face mask. Yeah. You got a sword fighter and a sniper together, and a jet and a hockey goalie together. <laughs> the two most unstoppable teams. So the pilot of the jet is like, don't you think that was excessive vaporizing it? That's yes. What's yes, funny it was. is, that was my note as soon as he unleashed that cannon, and I'm like, isn't that a little bit much? And then he actually just called it out for me. No, it was see, great. You got to remember, it wasn't excessive because there's no kill quite like overkill. No, see, that would have been true if that was the first guy he had killed and not the last one. Because you use that as shock tactics, the other guys would probably be like, they literally vaporized Steve. We should probably <laughs> bail. Steve also, the terrorist. Also, Kevin, you got to remember, you never want to be known as the underkill guy. D- and that's they fair. Also did, they also saw one of their guys already get vaporized by the shield and it didn't deter them. To be fair, like... This camera guy, look at his face. He's not going to do any terrorisms. <laughs> That's true. Neither is the dude standing behind him. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just saying you want to open with the big giant cannon, not close with the big giant cannon. To be well, fair, he opened he with the big giant cannon. He did, I guess. <laughs> the problem is they're actually playing a fighting game, and he wanted to finish him off with his super move because he uh, got a cool like, cutscene at the end. So. so anyway, the Japanese news has filmed this battle from inside the station. And speaking of, we cut to Japan. The JNN News in the Union Special Economic Zone. Tokyo. Doesn't JNN stand for Japan News Network? Probably. Japan News Network News. We have the news. Well, I mean, it's just like ATM machine. Anyway, there was a space fight. About daybreak today. That's not a time. It is in Japan? I guess. <laughs> like, I, I, you would time is weird in the future. You wouldn't use such a squidgy time measurement, though. You'd probably say around 7 o'clock. No, what our actually- time? What actually happened, there are so many satellites in space now that the sun is only visible from one <laughs> portion of the planet now. So there is actually only a single daybreak on Earth at any given point. <laughs> there you go. 6 p.m. Greenwich Mean Time, which I don't know what that is, Japan time. That's midnight for us. Yep. Didn't they just say by terrorist mobile suits and then by <laughs> mobile suits believed to be terrorists? Yes. Yeah, well, both the mobile suits and the pilots were terrorists. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and as we'll find out, Satsuna believes he's a Gundam, so (laughs) this tracks. Anyway, they were vaporized by an unknown mobile suit. Look Look at at this hockey goalie! (laughs) What an absolute unit, guys! (laughs) So anyway, a blonde and a person voiced by someone who loved to play the piano show up. (laughs) (laughs) Seriously? Yep. I told you they reused them all. Does that make the blonde flay? Flay and nickel. Hmm. <laughs> no, she doesn't show up for a bit. So they, they're asking, you know, which military? Why are you asking a random dude? Like, why Why would you expect him to know? Well, he was watching the broadcast. They just got here. But they're like, yeah, nobody knows. And they're like, hey, we now have an update. Now that main characters have arrived, we can give you the full thing. We got sent a video by people claiming they've stopped the attack. Uh, we're not sure if it's real or not, but we're going to broadcast it unedited for you. Because that's good journalism. And and by journalism, I mean ratings. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Ratings, Jeremy. Ratings. 
Please watch as we broadcast it uncut. I mean, that's very Japanese. That is how a Japanese newscast would absolutely say it. It's not how an American newscast would say it at all. But no, I'm just saying, uncut. You'd think you'd at least. Do you think they watched this beforehand, or they see it? I assume they must have. I would also assume they must have because I'm assuming this got sent immediately, and the reason that it's taking this long into the broadcast was they finally got the green light of the censors were like, okay, yeah, this is fine. There's no one getting murdered on here. Yeah. Um. So yeah, it's probably the 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 caster probably hadn't seen it. Yeah. So, but the the like team behind the scenes had probably yeah like the censors. Watching it. You know, they probably had the executives be like, all right, yeah, this clip's green lit. Go ahead and have her uh bring it out. We can research whether or not it's genuine later. We cut to a bald guy in a black yeah. suit sitting in a mansion. Yeah, Blofeld. Bitch in purple shirt. <laughs> yeah, um, I really want him to just be like, anyway, here are some sick beats. Well, is that a purple shirt or is that, uh, what's like that called, cravat. an ascot? Oh yeah, cravat. That was the word I was thinking of. It, it looks like a collared shirt. It also might be a cravat because it seems a little bit puffy. I can't it's tell poofy. if it's, it's poofy. Either way, I like the use of purple neckwear in this <laughs> show. Yeah, good job, Gundam Double O. You Look, get fashion rating. <laughs> colors in Gundam Double O are good. I won't argue that. Purple is also a strong color to play off of black. And he's like, hey, everyone, this is a message for everyone on Earth. If you're in the colonies, you're fine. Don't worry, there are barely colonies in Double O. But it's Gundam, so we gotta have some. We are celestial beings. Title drop. We are a private armed organization that possesses the mobile weapon Gundam. We're a splinter force off of Mithril. Our main objective is to eliminate war. By beating the shit out of you. Not for our sake, for yours, you idiots. <laughs> Please stop murdering one another. Hey, you know, that is how you do it. You go with the uh, peace through superior firepower. We see the president. Somehow he's just worse than the president in Gundam Seed. Yep. nothing. I don't know, He, but he's not a mega racist. True. So, presumably he's not a mega racist. Uh, his aide, voiced by the same guy as Durundle. Huh. <laughs> Uh-oh. Yeah, it doesn't matter what reason you're fighting for. You're, you're fighting. War sucks, so we're gonna, we're gonna make you not do that anymore. We will intervene with armed force, and we see both the governance center of the Human Reform League and the Council of Advanced Europeans. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll target anybody that starts a war, fights a war, or even thinks about a war. Anyway, to repeat, we're Celestial Being, we have Gundams, we're going to destroy war. <laughs> In conclusion, peace no, I, and superior firepower. I just like the idea of, we're Celestial Being, we're going to war on war. Wait a minute. <laughs> we're going to kick your asses so hard you never want a war again. So anyway, we see Sergei, he's, he has a reaction. Patrick Colossar is mad at those assholes for putting him in the hospital. <laughs> I like his hospital vest. <laughs> his <laughs> hospital vest and shorts. <laughs> yeah. We see some rando on the street who's not a rando. She's in the opening. Be like, hey, I think I recognize that and guy. And she has character design. Chun Li's like, oh, the world's beginning to change. Hey, look, it's the princess. She got a voice line. She did. She's like, they want to war on war? That doesn't make any... What? Yeah. <laughs> it makes perfect sense. We have better guns than you do. Therefore, we will solve war with them. And Blondie is highly amused by using force to get rid of war. Yeah, by the way, we've just got an well, obligatory, like, eight-character reaction shot. And then so. he's like, your existence is a contradiction. And I'm like, actually, no, that's kind of the only way to do it. You're not going to make somebody put down their guns by virtue of being nice and talking to them. You have to beat them out of them. Anyway. Or you could, yeah, I, I, I have a lot of objections to that, Zach. <laughs> I'm right. That's why America has been best for the last 
50 years, and 70 it, years, sorry. I have a lot of objections <laughs> to that, too. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, cut to ribbons. Uh, uh, anyway, the It Has Begun counter is up to three. <laughs> As this guy, voiced by Patrick Zala, is like, ribbons, it has begun. I have brandy. And ribbons <laughs> is like, look at my cool green hair. Hallelujah says hallelujah. All the world's evil intents are being exposed. Tiaris is that humankind is being tested by celestial being. That's not ominous. Sumeragi's like, ah, oh, this sucks. I'm a sad drunk. Then uh, Lockon and Setsuna are like, yep, we have a, we've got a remote TV. This thing's actually kind of bitching. I mean, I think we call that a phone. Yeah, I was <laughs> going to say, I've got one of those. <laughs> but yours isn't a hologram screen. Oh, that's yet. true. This is 300 years in the future. I would hope phones would get better than that in 300 years. I'm honestly a little sad he doesn't just have a retinal implant, but... So the heart's like, can't stop, won't stop. <laughs> I was actually going to make that exact same joke. Lock on. It's like, we just picked a fight with the entire world. This is rad as hell. Yeah, you understand that, right? Stets nice. He's like, yeah, I understand. Look at our Gundams. Because we're Gundam Meisters. And in Gundam Wing, they fought the entire world, right? So that's what I want to do. Gundam Meisters. <laughs> and that's the end of the episode. So I want to talk about the ending a little bit, because that is the thing that made me bounce off Gundam Double O the first time. Yeah. Because it reminded me way too much of the Destiny plan. It's not the same idea, but it's just, just very much like, oh, this weird contradiction and this weird plan, which is interesting because on a rewatch, I actually think it's in many ways them saying, hey, we're not Gundam Seed. I This did not remind me remotely of the Destiny plan. I didn't get that either, but that's probably because as soon as they start announcing something like this, I'm like, yeah, that makes sense. Beat the violence out of them. I really like all the character reactions as much as we were making fun of them, but I like that multiple characters are like, that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> and many of the characters are like, it's beginning. My only that means I know things. My only problem with all the character reactions is since they go through so many of them, it's kind of like, do I need a notepad to start taking notes as to who all you fuckers are? Like I said, I made flashcards. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the reason it reminded me of the Destiny plan, it's not like, because it's similar. I just very much had a feeling of the Destiny plan is, as we've talked a lot, an idea that's put out there and never interrogated or explored, right? And I was super afraid that this would be that as well when they're immediately interrogating it, right? Yeah. Th no, this plan yeah. seems super obvious. We're just going to blow stuff up. That's, that's the plan. Well, and like Jeremy said, there are characters that are pointing out the problems with this plan as much as like I make constant joke of beat the violence out of them. Bigger gun diplomacy. Yeah, big gun diplomacy works out great. What they're calling out, like, yeah, you're going to fight war to end war? That doesn't seem to make sense, which is already more interrogatories towards the plan than Gundam Seed ever bothered to do for the Destiny plan. Bear with me for just a moment. Is this anything? War. Huh. What if it's more war? No, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> I, and I really like we have two characters shutting it down, one of which is, like, the super idealist, like, oh, th like, this will never work, like, pessimistic. And the one guy that's like, that's fucking hilarious. I want in. Because <laughs> clearly, Graham Cracker wants in. <laughs> Graham Cracker. I'm sorry, Graham Cracker. Graham Acre. <laughs> yeah, Graham Cracker. Uh, I think we have to start referring to characters by name from now on, even though this show, this episode did not give us enough characters' names. We finally got Setsuna's at the end. We didn't get Graham Acre's name this entire time. I thought we got Setsuna's name earlier, but maybe I'm wrong. Maybe, I think you're right. Actually, we might have on the ship. They might have said, hey, is yeah, they, yeah, they're, they're they like, did. hey, did Setsuna do the thing yet? And they're like, well, if he didn't, we're fucked. Um, <laughs> so we got all the Gundam Meister's names. I don't know that we, did we get an actual, like, we got Sumeragi's name a couple of times, but we did. did we actually get that attached to the person? Yeah, we did. We didn't get the crew's name, but that's fine. 
they can just be the crew for now. I mean, they're the bridge bunnies anyway. We didn't get, I think Graham Aker, who is like all over this episode, not getting his name is the biggest misstep. Meanwhile, Patrick Collisor gets a name and he does nothing. <laughs> he gets humiliated. Well, I mean, neither does Graham. Yeah, no, that's fair. Graham is clearly more important, though. I mean, Graham gets a lot of Dialogue. statements, right? And he a lot of it ends up being exposition. But he explains the Gundam Meister's plans and in doing so becomes the smart guy, right? He exposits a lot, but he doesn't do a lot here. And he steals a guy's binoculars and says, hey, I, I said mean, that I- was a great moment. <laughs> I'm not going to lie about that. Any other major points you guys want to discuss on this first episode? I think they brought in too many characters right off the bat, but I think with what they're trying to do, it also makes a lot of sense. It just makes it hard to latch on to any one individual since they've got so sporadic and spread out screen time. Not really a major point. I think I'm going to be an outlier in this in that I really like the ramshackle mobile suit design in this. Like, these look like wholly different machines from each other, and they're just like wholly different from anything I think we see in a Gundam series. Yeah, like I said, I don't like the style, but I actually really do appreciate that there is a style to it, and that it is, like you said, very much unlike any other Gundam series. Iron-Blooded Orphans is a very similar thing. And my big problem with Iron-Blooded Orphans is more that all of them look too similar because they're all in the same style, but when you like sprinkle them into a video game with other Gundam's properties, I actually really like the way they look. Yeah, because here, they all, all three of them have a very distinct mobile suit design style. Although I don't think we've seen, not the AU, the... Um, we have not seen the any of the Union's mobile We haven't yet. seen the Union mobile suits yet. I know from other things that they do look distinctly different from the other stuff. All right, Kevin, you are our guest. Do you have a high point for this episode? I actually really like the first sniper shot. Uh, the one guy literally stuttering, like, enemy an enemy attack? Yeah, like, it's a really good shot. From, yeah. from the bottom, you don't see it. Yeah. And it... It is one of those dumb things that the original Gundam solved by, like, making up a whole sort of technology of attacks from the ground to there should be actually be very simple to do and should be something you're used to. This should not be weird. But mm-hmm. uh, within the fiction, it works very well. And I agree with you. I think it's a very good moment. Yeah. Tyler. I was tempted to say I have control. Um, <laughs> I don't think it's actually that. Um, may I don't even know the mobile suit's name. Um, the, the chonky mobile suit. The Virtue. virtue. Yeah, just absolutely vaporizing that guy is a hilarious scene to me, and I really like how ridiculously overcome. And then the fact that it's immediately lampshaded in media, in in universe. In universe is how I would phrase that. Zach, my first one was going to be the uh, the sniper shot from the ground because that's freaking great. I think I might have to uh, see with those two gone. What would we probably go with? I think I might have to give it to Graham Aker stealing that dude's binoculars because that moment is hilarious. It's the best comedy moment. Yeah, because it's also just, excuse me, takes him. Hey, wait a minute. Those are my binoculars. I said, excuse me. <laughs> uh, yeah, Graham Aker has, I don't want to spoil it. He has the best line in Gundam. I don't remember when it is, but you'll know. What is your uh, <laughs> high point, Jeremy? Yeah, let's see, because you've taken a bunch. And this episode, like you said, Zach, is kind of all over. I feel weird going with a comedy bit when you just did, but they took the big action moments. So, hmm. Yeah, this one definitely is more of, we. I want to set up the world more than yeah. here are the characters we're going to be following, which makes it much harder to find those high points. I guess Sumeragi showing up with her space beer. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, it tells you a lot about the character very quickly. And I talked about this not being as efficient with character as Gundam Seed is, but that is a very efficient character piece. Mm-hmm. Do you have a low point, Kevin? The animation of those uh, those guards in the background just like <laughs> PNG falling into the <laughs> hole. Just like I could not. I li- it was in the background. I could not look away from it. Like, just why, there's like three of there's like three different images 
that they kind of just have fall in a pattern. And I was like, I can't unsee this anymore. It's like someone just cut them out and dragged them with a yeah. mouse into the hole. <laughs> yes, that's exactly what it looks like. We gotta save time. Do it. Just do it this way. It's fine. No one will notice. Tyler. Um, you might have to come back to me. I don't know that I have a particular low point for this one. So much as not amazing high points. I don't know. I'll think of something. You guys go. Zach. I think I might have to go with what I've already kind of harped on. It's got a very scattershot approach to its characters, and it's just like, here are all these characters. Who are you supposed to care about? Well, so long as you just tracked who we showed you, you're fine. No, we're not giving you any names. <laughs> yeah, I want to piggyback off yours, Zach, but mine is going to be actually proper noun overload. Because even though we don't mm -hmm. get a lot of names for characters like I was just complaining about, you've got the Human Reform League, the AEU, the Union, the M-Squad. Celestial Gundam being Meisters, itself. Celestial being. You got flags. You got extents. Is that the Enact. name of the Enacts. <laughs> Patrick Collisar. You There's just so many proper nouns that I almost don't blame them for not giving names because it's almost going into overload. On the other hand, they didn't need to introduce as much stuff as they did. They so. kind of do for the story they're telling. That's the problem. Is there, The story that they want to tell and kind of go from to start with is the story of this is the world. Whereas in like Gundam Seed and even to a certain extent, Gun actually previous Gundams in general, it's here are our main characters and this is a story about them. Yeah, and we'll slowly zoom out into the world. They'll leave the colony, they'll get to Earth, and then we'll talk about Earth politics, which is this is starting right with politics and how do the super nations react to this organization that showed up with the best weapons and threatened them at gunpoint. Tyler, did you come up with something? You know, I had a couple things, but the thing that most recently was bouncing around my brain is, why is this the plan? Why do they need to just, like, go piss off the AU and also stop some terrorists simultaneously? Well, okay. you gotta jump in with a splash. Why both? And they didn't even report on the AU thing, really. They just, like, the news just kind of forgot about that. Everyone's like, look at this heckin' chonker evaporate this dude. I think some uh, of that is perspective, though, because we see this Japanese news, right? And that crew is up there. And, like, if you got that story. That's fair. If you had that scoop. And uh, you wouldn't necessarily have seen, because I don't think it was ever would have been covered, the all the mobile suits coming out of the pillar to attack the Exia. When it showed up to attack the Enact, that most certainly would have been a top story in that nation. That's fair. I, I kind of have this problem with the next episode, too, which is, like, why did this need to happen now? What's the plan here? I mean, this is probably later. I think it happens now because the mobile suits are finally done. Okay. Like, they've been finished. Yeah, I don't think the specific events are, like, super important to the plan. I think be make ourselves known is important. Just doing stuff. Yeah. Okay. I, th I think the reason why they decided now is the time is because the people are the people they needed were in place and the equipment they needed is finally in place. Okay. So my real low point then is a uh, lack of product placement in the Hummer scene. Well, it's a Japanese product and not an American product. They did not have the support of the U.S. Army. And it's this. not Pizza Hut. No, that's exactly what I was going to say. There's no Pizza Hut. There's no, no cheese coon. <laughs> Any other final thoughts? This was not a super strong opening, I think. Yeah, like I said, I got three episodes in the first time I watched Double O and bounced off. And then I got six episodes in and bounced off. And then four episodes in and bounced off. And then ten episodes in and my grandfather greatly hurt himself and I had to go take care of him. And then I watched this series. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it doesn't have a particularly strong opening because just here is a scattershot of characters makes it really hard to latch on and care about any one individual. 
I know it was years ago now, Kevin, but how do you think it compares to the first episode of Gundam Wing as far as making you want to watch? Uh, it definitely does better, I think, than Wing. Uh, low bar, but I would agree. Yeah. <laughs> and some of that is the quality of most of the animations a lot better. Like, mm. especially with some of those older series, uh, it really hurts it when it's like, all right, so if you don't grab me with like story or anything like that, it's really going to be hard for me to watch now. Like, you know, sure, when it was coming out, whatever, but... Like, I have so much stuff in my backlog already. There's no reason for me to watch this if it doesn't grab me immediately. Yeah, and I think we should point out the animation in Double O is very, very good outside of that one scene where it's terrible. And I think that scene stands out way more because of be- how... Yeah, it, no, it definitely does because the rest of the show was so good. And it's it was different than your standard, oh, this is, like, this is clearly they're doing the cost cutting where it's like, yeah, we have this static image or, you know, you're showing the... Uh, the person getting talked to rather than the person talking, stuff like that. But because the rest of the animation was very clean, that just being the PNGs dragged across the screen, like, and because it wasn't just like three dudes, it was like 15 guys that went down that hole. I was like, you really should have panned away from this. Like, I I don't need this going on in the background. I cannot unsee this. As weird as it is, the, even if it's only average animation, if a series has ab outstanding animation that average one looks even worse yeah because the better your the better your baseline is anytime you dip below that looks worse well and there's also a difference between the uh all right here's the you know kick-ass uh vaporizing the dude scene or the sniper scene like all right cool those like got all of the money that's what you know those are literally the money shots they look better than your standard, but like this, even the standard animation looked way better than that. So that's what really made it stand out. Like was just people walking around and, you know, some of the like mobile suits moving around look much smoother than drag PNG across screen. <laughs> All right. It's a Gundam and Kevin will return in Gundam. Masters. 